0: Welcome to the world of fiction, where we're lying, but that's
1: okay. One prepared host, two neurodivergent nerds, two authors dig deeper into the lies that expose truths. If you're a fan of fiction with a curious mind, tune in each week for discussions on speculative worlds, fandom, the industry, and creating. Let's talk about role-playing. I'm your prepared host, J.S. Garrity.
0: And I'm the host who's winging it, Ludlow Adams.
1: For our new listeners out there, every week I choose and prepare a topic because I'm a researcher and a planner.
0: And I find out the topic uh, about a half an hour before because I'm an improviser and good on my
1: feet. Let's get into it.
0: So quick disclaimer, at the top of the podcast, we are not talking about the kind of role playing you might do with a romantic partner or three. We are talking (laughs) about this stuff that you might start doing as a kid and continue to do that is not any kind of um, romantic aid. Mm
1: -hmm. I I love that you did that because I was going to do the same thing. (laughs) Oh, uh,
0: you you probably would have made it sound better. (laughs) (laughs)
1: No, that was great. That was fine. Yeah, it's a this is not a a spicy podcast. We're we're sticking to the the nerdum here.
0: Okay. Okay, cool.
1: Um and it's it's been a while that for us um we've yeah. sat down and recorded together. Um yeah. and I we had a little bit of a gap in our our publishing as well and I just want to thank you all as listeners for being patient with that as um I was going through some, some health things in my family and, um, everything's okay and everyone's okay. So that's, that's all good. And, um, that, you know, that break was really necessary and, um, I just appreciate Ludlow's patience and, um, and our listeners, uh, grace.
0: So, you know, all like five or six of you out there listening regularly, Mm -hmm. we really appreciate (laughs) it. Um, yeah. and yeah, you know, sometimes life kind of gets away and, um, when there is a family emergency, particularly this one, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went through it about 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago with my mom mm-hmm. and, uh, it was, it was a pretty awful experience and, you know, but it sounds like your mom's doing really well and I'm glad yeah. to hear that.
1: Yep. She's doing a lot better. She's recovering well. So.
0: Yeah. Good.
1: All mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so role-playing games, um, LARPing, cosplay, all of these kind of uh, imagination, um, like stepping into the world.
0: Yeah.
1: It's it's all part of this kind of role-playing nerdum thing. Um, Ludlow has a lot more experience in this area. Um, I have experience mostly with Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder, And that's kind of the extent that mine has gone. Um, I, you know, I did a murder mystery once in high school, which is kind of a similar idea. Yeah. Um, But we're going to focus on like the the fantasy um, role playing. Okay. Today. And kind of just give a broad overview for people who maybe aren't as familiar with it.
0: So my my basic explanation to just about anybody who's interested and is new to this kind of thing is to say role-playing is shared storytelling usually with a set of rules to go along with it to help give it structure
1: mm-hmm. and that structures, uh-huh. um from what i understand depending on how um well the group knows each other how long they've been doing it that structure can kind of be like tailored and um, adjusted for the preferences of the group. Um, yes. Like in D&D, the DM might bend some rules or change some yeah. things based on what's yeah. going to work best for your dynamic.
0: Yeah, colloquially um, you know, across tabletop gaming in general, they're called house rules. So, you know, somebody might take a board game and add a house rule to it. Like mm-hmm. Monopoly is one of the classic examples. the The pot in the middle is not one of the regular rules it's it's often house ruled that way and it's one of the things that can make the game drag on and on and on and on um even though Mm -hmm. if you play it straight by the rule book it's very fast and very Mm -hmm. ugly so yeah house rules to kind of tweak things at the table or you know when you're off running around um pretending to be people you uh that have never existed i guess is the best way of saying it
1: Mm Yeah. Um, it's for my experience with D&D, it's a chance to, um, to be participate in storytelling in a way that, um, is also social. Mm-hmm. So especially for my husband, he has, um, three different games that he plays in and DMs. I think he's DMing two of them right now, or maybe only one right now. At least one, um, and he—it's a way for him to connect with people that um, he doesn't get to normally connect with on a regular mm-hmm. basis, mm-hmm. and do it in a way where they're all just enjoying something yeah. um, that they're all passionate about, and it's—it's um, it's the way he prefers to socialize. Yeah, and even though you're, you know, playing characters, you really are, you know, bonding, connecting. Becoming close, learning about each other, you get yeah. to know each other very very well in a d and d campaign
0: and you get to practice teamwork and planning mm-hmm. and math and things along those lines you're you're always kind of messing with probability, you know mm-hmm. like oh I've only got a you know, a 40% chance of doing this or 30% chance of doing this. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't really have a choice. We got to go for it anyway. You know, that kind of thing. So now that is, um, tabletop role-playing LARPing is, is going to be a little different. And I think maybe, you know, when we get to that point, we should just kind of differentiate some of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The, and there's also role-playing, um, formats in video games as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll, you know, on another day, we'll do an episode just on that. Um, I'll have to do a lot of research for that one personally, because I don't play a lot of video games, but, um, yeah, there's, there's all different types and, and they all have very distinct, um, qualities and, and very different things that go into it and that you get out of it. Um, D and D I feel like is very much the, like you're sitting around and you're you're crafting a story together, mm-hmm. um, and it's all you know in your imagination, and um, but, you know there'll be maps and and sometimes um, minis and things like that that go along with it, but mm-hmm. primarily the focus is on what you're all doing with yeah. your words and and how you're weaving and crafting things with language.
0: Yeah, and, and in a lot of cases, people don't even use maps and minis
1: yeah Um, Mm -hmm. if
0: you don't have them it's typically referred to as theater of the mind Mm -hmm. Um, and that can get kind of interesting Um, in fact there is a game where that's more regular and it's uh, well it's more of a game system and it's called fate Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of a generic framework to do all kinds of things and there's some really great fate settings like the Secrets of Cats where every player plays a sapient cat who is trying to protect their burdens who are typically people sometimes uh, it might be like an old house or something mm-hmm. that one of the cats is trying to protect or all of the cats are trying to protect or something um
1: I want to play that one
0: It's so much fun I actually <laughs> so I picked up all you know the books and stuff for it and I was planning on Oh really Like one-shot campaign oh one-shot games that could that would be tied together in a loose campaign for Uh, Jordan Con, um, Mm, which mm -hmm. happens, is coming up this weekend. So tomorrow people are going to, well, tonight, actually, people are starting to show up in Atlanta for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will be doing a LARP thing over the weekend instead at the time of this recording. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of options out there. And then there's, in the same game, there's... Uh, Fate of Cthulhu which combines kind of the Cthulhu mythos um, the uh, Call of Cthulhu RPG with almost kind of like a Terminator premise Mm, so mm -hmm. what happens is you play people in the modern day who have come back from the future to try to keep the Cthulhu mythos monsters from taking over
1: Mm, and
0: this one has very specific campaigns. It's like for, you need to do these three things or whatever, and that determines kind of where you are in the campaign. And then you might send other characters back to do it again or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of the, the mystical horror slash side of it. And then a group of us played um, violent masked vigilantes in an incredibly violent crime-ridden town and that like or city Mm -hmm. and they were like trying to clean it up a bit and so more like punisher or something although Mm -hmm. i think we only maybe killed like two two people in the entire campaign um and so the guy who was running it was like i was really shocked i was expecting you guys to be you know to to be killing a lot more yeah yeah well no not you know us doing the slaughtering um so mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. just goes to show you can do you know modern science fiction,
1: yeah,
0: occultic. You can do fantasy in it. You can do all kinds of things. So yeah. there's different there's rule sets for, out there like that for everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I and think there's... that's what people don't realize. I think people automatically just think it's it's just fantasy, right? It's yeah. fantasy nerds, and that is what we focus on on this podcast. So we'll talk yeah. about that one a lot, but. But if that's not your thing and this, you know, imaginative, like, group storytelling sounds intriguing to you, there are lots of other options out there that, that could be in your wheelhouse.
0: Yeah. And I, if you don't mind, I'd like to just throw out three more really, well,
1: Yeah, four absolutely. more really quickly.
0: Okay. So yeah. there's a company called Free League Publishing out of Europe, and they've done a game called Vossen. And in Vossen, it's kind of the 1800s. And you're dealing with mythological and like kind of little creatures and stuff. And you're running around and you're trying to resolve some of these issues. So people don't get hurt. That one's kind of neat. And, and it's not like 1860 or 1870. It's more like a an amalgamation of the 1800s so that you can do a lot of hand wavium stuff. And they did something mm-hmm. in the Scandinavian countries. And then they did one, uh, they did a, a uh, a book for Britain and Ireland, um, which is really beautiful. I think the next one is supposed to be Canada, if I remember oh, correctly. Cool. I could be wrong <laughs> on that though. Um, so they're like, yeah, there's Voss and all over the world. There's you know, all kinds of stuff. So that one's kind of neat. Um, they've also done a uh, a game called uh, The One Ring. Now it's Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. And th- this is the second edition of the One Ring. They basically got the rights from another company who decided no longer to publish it. And Free League Publishing does an amazing job. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's on one per- on one side. On the other side, in this particular case, there's one called um, that I get really excited about called Brindlewood Bay. It is a cosmic horror, cozy murder game. Huh. so you you play characters in a from a retirement home who are running around trying to solve murders with cosmic horror backgrounds with cosmic horror <laughs> foundations and the interesting thing is if you're running the game, you don't have to figure out who did the murder that's actually figured out mechanically during the game, mm-hmm. so you don't even know mm-hmm. who did it. That's um,
1: so cool.
0: It's it's incredible. It's such a great idea. And then there's another one called Household, and the idea behind Household is it's like an old um, Victorian esque home in Italy, someplace, and it's been abandoned for a hundred years or whatever, and it's filled with um, kingdoms of fairy, of fey. Mm-hmm. So like you know, each floor might be its own kingdom, and each piece of furniture its own city like a couch is a city a table is a city the chandelier above it is a city and that's Mm. like the capital of the empire or whatever it is the so things like that so there's all kinds of different crazy things you can do
1: Mm -hmm. i love that i love creating a whole like universe essentially out of this one like very specific centralized location of this house
0: yeah, such and when it came guy. to when it came to household in Brindlewood Bay, they they just came out of Kickstarter. They're um, starting to deliver now, actually. And I was just as soon as I saw the settings, I was like, "Oh, I've got to do this." I might not even ever play the game. I'd be fine with it, just being able to read the fluff and everything, and be like, "Wow, look at this." Um, mm-hmm. and then there's even people who take the D and D kind of setting system, and they they strip out some of the complexity to make it more of like the original, mm-hmm. uh, which re- that kind of thing is called OSR typically, old school revival or old school renaissance. And um, I have a friend who did it um, and his is called Sago Born. And it's it's a blast. I mean, it's absolutely mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and I've done a little bit of writing for him on that one, uh, which has been fun. But um, yeah, so... You can do anything just about.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, create your own, um, mm-hmm. like you said, your friend created one. Um, sometimes people will publish those things if they can, if they, you know, have the rights, if they're, if it's open source, that kind of thing. And, yeah. um, Max is one of the games he's doing, uh, is, uh, Brandon Sanderson world, you know, Cosmere, he's doing like the Stormlight Archives mm. um, with the um, D&D kind of rules and structure, but it's, you know, Stormlight Archive setting and and Radiance and all of that stuff. And um, it's just something they're doing on their own because obviously he did not get rights from Brandon Sanderson to create this. So it's not, you know, something he's writing or intending on putting out into the world but just something that you know the this particular group of friends enjoy those books or um he thought would enjoy those books and so he created this kind of campaign for them and um yeah it's just i mean you can really customize it to be exactly what you want it to be i think there's been some like harry potter ones yeah um
0: there's Oh, go ahead. I,
1: which I don't think you know J.K. Rowling necessarily makes money off no. of those, so that's a great way to engage with the Harry Potter universe yeah. if you don't want to there's support a, her.
0: Yeah, there's two specific games kind of along those lines. There's one called Kid on Bike, Kids on Bikes, and it's more like Stranger Things. Yeah, and then there's one called Kids on Brooms, and it's kids mm-hmm. in a magical school. Yeah. To step back because you mentioned Brandon first this time um maybe that'll be the brandon role for me um brandon is actually a big role player i would be shocked Mm -hmm. if eventually there was not a role-playing game for
1: um, absolutely
0: a couple of the cosmere settings and also like one of the first i think the first conversation i ever had with him uh we were talking about playing the teenage mutant ninja turtles role-playing game that was published in the 80s like he loves oh, I the didn't game.
1: Know about that one. He
0: wanted. He like. He was like, I will play. And I was like, Well, let's kind of figure if we can find somebody to run it. Let's do it online. It's like, all right, I'm in. Okay, and it never happened. We were never. I was never able to find anybody. So,
1: so what you need to do is you need to convince Max to run it, and then you guys <laughs> can reach out to Brandon and say. Yeah. Hey, remember me when we <laughs> talked about doing this? Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. And then we can invite Brandon on the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's that's exactly that's exactly the right idea. Now, it, you know, it was just it was really neat. I mean, he's just such a big geek in so many ways mm-hmm. and he's so extra positive about things and he was like, "Yeah, I love love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles." Mhm. Yeah, it's a good game. It it was a lot of fun. Now, so the company uh that published it, Palladium or Palladium, has published a ton of other games. Their probably their most common or popular one is called Rifts, uh, which is a big amalgamation of science fiction, fantasy, horror, kind of all in one world. It's pretty neat. Some people love it, some people hate it. I'm more ambivalent about it. I guess it's a you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um but I think they lost; they no longer had the license for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so they stripped out mm. all of the rules and put it into their own setting,
1: mm. um, mm-hmm. which
0: you know is one of those things. So, yeah. Um, whereas the the original game is based on the original comics by Eastman and Laird, um, including their after the bomb kind of setting. So they have like an after the nuclear war mm-hmm. where there's lots and lots and lots of mutants around walking freely and so stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you can do anything.
1: Yeah. For those who don't know, who maybe, um, are confused hearing, like they don't have rights anymore. Um, rights are not like purchased permanently. Yeah. You're, you're leasing rights. And so there's an end date on all of, of these rights that, that studios and production companies and, um, gaming companies, all of them, um, are, are leasing these rights for you know a certain amount of time. The intellectual property always defaults to the creator.
0: Yeah, and and it's funny because in some cases you'll you'll have a company who's got the rights for twenty years, and mm-hmm. then another company who's got the rights for three years, and you're like, why, what, what? what? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, ironically, one of the companies that's been so good about it um with their with their vendors who make these kinds of games now is Disney. Like they've been mm. incredible with some of these companies. Um
1: Yeah.
0: Um like Ravensburger, Ravensburger does a card game but they're about to do a collectible card game and I would not be surprised if we see some Disney uh, um, Disney specific role playing games come out over the next mm. couple years.
1: Mm-hmm. Which you know, if you're a Disney fan Awesome. That could be your, your introduction into into the yeah. role playing games.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been able to sneak people into playing um tabletop games through uh Disney villainous. So mm-hmm. where you, where you play the villains as a card game. Yeah, so, that's uh yeah.
1: Max and my my uh my brother and his wife, they all really enjoy that game.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be warned though, uh dear listener, if you play it, there's a good chance you may end up in a three way fist fight like I I did with two of my friends who are brothers. So it was like paper, rock, scissors. I was really angry at A. A was really angry at B. B was really angry at me. So we almost ended up in a three-way fist fight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, the, yeah. I, I think people usually know when their families are are that, you know, intense, competitive. <laughs>
0: yeah. And yeah. that kind of thing has... I mean, you, you'll you end up in, um, in the wrong circumstances, you can end up in a really nasty argument in the middle of a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you get people who are like, well, my character would be a jerk. Well, okay, I get that. But, you know, there's kind of a social contract where it's a group working together.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know. And you often will find some people who whose intention with the game is to just, like, F things up for everyone yeah. else. and. And that does happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would say if anybody out there is like, hey, I kind of want to try this or I played it a little bit, but I don't know. Make a character that's going to be loyal to the team, even if he or she is absolute scum in every other ways Mm -hmm. Uh, or in all the other ways or in every other way. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, Good English there. You can play a
1: jerk while still like being a a contributing member to the yeah. the party it's yeah. a i mean read books about it you know where the the guy who's like grizzled and and kind of mean um but also shows this soft side and there's this great delicious character arc that happens and yeah
0: yeah yeah in, which is indeed, fun indeed i play a, a a goblin warlock and i don't want to go super super deep into this even though it's really easy to do it mm-hmm. and he has done some really kind of crazy things he will never mm-hmm. stab one of the one of his team members in the back or Mhm. Or or anything along those lines. Um Yeah. So I think that's one of the the important things is understand you're playing the uh you're playing a member of the fellowship, you know, yeah. and the fellowship while there was some tension, they never really stabbed each other in the back mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah. Um so yeah.
1: Um I want to get into larping. Oh, so um you do have larp this weekend. Yeah. And um, I see, you know, I don't have any experience with LARPing, but I've, I've seen you and others um, and what goes into the LARPing experience. It's not just the single weekend. There's mm-hmm. a lot of preparation, um, a lot mm-hmm. of hobbying and crafting that happens, um, costume making and, yeah. and prop making and, and training and learning how to fence and and fight. In, in different ways and um what do you want to share about that? <laughs> like, just go for it um, yeah
0: so the first time i ever heard of larping i was a kid and it was a group called nero which was new england uh role-playing organization or something along those lines um and they are now called something different and they're far outside of new england um my point there is that just that, like, it's been around a really long time. That was in the mid-80s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so much more prevalent now. I mean, you can find so many more groups. From where I am in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, um, I have the, the, the LARP that I'm going to this weekend, which is called the Weekend Warrior Experience. Now, I'm doing a training grounds day this weekend. The actual full weekend is... Is going to be in um, is is in October every year, and it's very immersive. And the stuff is like really high quality. And like if you see a picture of it, it looks like a Lord of the Rings movie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can't tell it's foam weapons and things from a distance. Well, you kind of can, but it doesn't. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. still like, oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. And then on the other side, you've got uh, a group like Dagger here, and I'm not knocking on them. They use a very specific type of weapon called a boffer that is designed 100% for safety. Mm. The foam latex weapons that a lot of other groups use are still really safe. It's just... You know, like the the weapons, I guess can maybe take more abuse and things over yeah. over mm-hmm. long term, mm-hmm. and it's much less likely that you're going to have like a bent tip or broken tip that's that may end up hurting somebody. Which is why mm-hmm. there's usually some really intense weapons inspections at, mm-hmm. at LARPs. So, and yeah, yeah
1: makes sense. Yeah,
0: lots of crafting, uh-huh. lots of costuming. Um, I in in Weewa, which is what we call weekend warrior experience. I'm a ranger, so I wear lots of greens, some kind of neutral colors. Um, you can do brown and gray as well. I don't know that I wear a whole lot of brown or gray. Uh, I've got a, a Ruana cloak, which is, um, it looks like a rectangle with a slit up the up the middle to about halfway. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of put it over yourself, almost like a poncho, throw it around, and then put a pin in or something. Um they're often sold in Irish clothing stores and things. They're, they're actually like Peruvian, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So, but they're beautiful and it's super, super warm. It doesn't get in my way. Um, I hate having things that get in my way. Yeah. So this is, this is pretty comfortable. Although with my hair pulled back and like walking around in Weewa, I catch myself in the mirror and be like, Qui Gon Jinn is here. This is so weird. I look like a Jedi. It was the it was the strangest. It was the strangest feeling for me.
1: I feel like Ranger and Jedi aesthetic kind of <laughs> blends a little bit. Maybe so that's like that's <laughs> yeah. a good thing. Probably. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, so, and and there's all kinds of other stuff. There's one here in the the foothills of the Appalachians here in North Carolina that is a steampunk fantasy so there's elves and orcs Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff but it's a steampunk setting Mm -hmm. um then there's cyberpunk stuff there's that probably one of the the most common or the most popular for a long time was called was a vampire the masquerade game called um i don't remember somebody look it up um yeah (laughs) (laughs) So I think I did one of those in the nineties and it was like, I was just there one night. And so I never got into it all that much. And it was like, eh, it's okay. And I never really wanted to do much of it until, uh, about gosh, about two years ago now, maybe. Um, a friend from Britain and I were were kind of talking about it. And she's like, hey, you know, have you seen this? I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been following them on Instagram too. And so we were talking about it. And it was one of those, I'll go if you go. Well, I'll go if you go kind of things. Except Mm -hmm. it was me saying, I'll go if you go. And her saying, well, I'm going. I'm like, well, I I guess I'm going too. And that's Mm -hmm. how I started getting back into this kind of stuff. Um, Crafting is... Fun, it can be very rewarding if you like working with your hands.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if you are in a position to where you can't buy a bunch of stuff, you can make it a, a quick, you know, like a, a hundred dollar sewing machine and you know, a hundred dollars of fabric or two hundred dollars of fabric total over the course of time can get you a thousand dollars worth of costuming or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're willing to learn, um, and and practice actually really practice you can do a lot of stuff on your own
1: and there's more than ever um so many tutorials out there yes. it's so easy to find yeah. instructions for how to yeah. make these things even tiktok like
0: you yeah can find yeah youtube tutorials youtube especially I, th- I mean tiktok has some really quick hits like hey do this which is mm-hmm. which is pretty cool but YouTube can will will often have things that dive deeper. And there's one channel particularly that I do like called Skilltree. Um, and Skilltree is this guy who plays DD. I I guess he and his wife play D&D or something, and so they do stuff like this all the time. Well, about a year ago, they decided to get into a LARP, uh, a specific one. Um, and it was pretty crazy. They had a they had a blast, so now he's like Oh, I got to make one of these. Oh, I'm making a new uh air, uh quiver for my arrows because LARP arrows have really bulky tips mm-hmm. that they're that are completely covered up and like you know like factory glued together so they're not going to come apart. Um mm-hmm. well, some of them are like screw on that you can glue together, but a lot of um companies or a lot of LARP groups are moving away from those because they can sometimes fracture, they're more likely to fracture and so at Weewa last year, we had a guy get cut kind of nasty mm-hmm. on his forehead, mm-hmm. uh, which he, he wasn't a valid shot. You know, in Weewa, there's no there's no headshots, mm-hmm. but he still took, you know, he still ha- got his head cut open a little bit. Um, So, yeah, lots and lots and lots of crafting, crafting. leather, leather work and iron work and you name it, you can learn it or do it. Um, and there'll be somebody out there who would really appreciate it
1: Mm mm-hmm absolutely um so we are lucky enough to live very close to um a place called evermore park
0: yeah i'm jealous
1: yeah it's one of i think max was saying it's like the only thing of its kind in the country um but they host a lot of run fairs they host a lot of larping um people come from all over the country for some of the events there Um, I literally drive past it every day after dropping my daughter off from school. Like that's how close we live to it. And her school actually did a fundraiser there. They have a winter fest every year and it's really cool. And you don't even have to be participating in the role playing to go and and enjoy this. And I mean, all kinds of people will come to the Evermore Park events. Um, People who are, you know, super into fantasy people who just want to experience and they have actors there who, who are fully immersed mm-hmm. in the roles and um, they just have a lot of really fun things you can do yeah. and, and there's always some kind of a quest going on and it's um,
0: it's really the yeah. actors more than anything that makes that so different like there's yep, there's right. areas that and parks and you know, like castle setups and things. You know, mm-hmm. different places in the, around the country, where they'll they'll hold events and stuff. It's just the fact that they have, like, permanent staff that yeah. can can, you know, play the background characters and and yeah. sometimes the the really important NPCs, non player characters, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that I mean that that part is pretty amazing. And my understanding is there's like a dungeon you can explore and but i could be yeah, wrong on that yeah there's
1: it's it's a whole park with all kinds of different um themed yeah sections yeah. with where you can do different things there's you know the fields where you can have archery fencing all that stuff yeah. in the winter time they have a whole ice skating rink um yeah there's a there's a dungeon um all just you know all kinds of stuff you could spend you know a few weeks going every day and It would take that long to explore every aspect of that park. I think. Yeah, Um, that
0: could be so much fun. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and the the having the permanent staff, the thing that's so um that's makes that such a big deal is that it's so accessible for everyone Mm -hmm. because you don't have to create the experience yourself; it's already there. Yeah, and and you can step into the experience you can come in costume and the actors will interact with you um in that way where you know you can become part of it or you can be there as you know an observer and yeah. that makes it really low stakes for a lot of people and a lot of fun it's it's a it's quite the experience we've enjoyed yeah. going the we've been a few times and it's it's a lot of fun
0: and that's, that's actually, I would say the biggest difference between that and a, like a regular LARP game or something is that yeah. in a LARP game, everybody plays, you yes. know, yes, um, there are people who play background characters and the like, like at WiiWa, uh, there is a guy who plays an alchemist. And last year I had, I'd sprained my ankle about a year ago and it still hurts. Like I'm still mm-hmm. having to do physical therapy and I probably will for the rest of my life on it. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, I hit a couple of holes running around at Weewa, and I just couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I am in so much pain. And so um, the alchemist like calls me over. He's like, Ranger, Ranger, do you have some, do you have enough time to do a job for me? And I'm like, uh, can I take a shower first? I'll pull him back. <laughs> and so like the rest of the weekend, you know, from really like Saturday morning to Sunday morning, I like hobbled around and did jobs for him.
1: That so, is so cool. Yeah. I yeah, it was that. a blast. It
0: was it was a lot of fun. Um and and so people will will do different things like somebody brought like a bunch of uh fake lemons and um he was like on the hunt He's like can you get me a lemon? And, and she's like, yeah, absolutely. And like brought him a bag full or, or something. And so he's like studying the lemons because he thinks the salts in the lemons can help him turn, you know, can do this, these different things. And <laughs> like he's helped us stop a plague that was hitting the country in the middle of the Civil War, um, all kinds of things like that. He had me throw a lemon at the head of one of the factions. Um, <laughs> and I did it right in front of him. It was hysterical you know that person and i had spoken a few times and it was the commodore of the sea lords one of the four main factions and excuse me commodore you know i waited for her to like be done with the conversation and like i said we talked a few times really good people commodore Mm -hmm. commodore excuse me and i was like forgive me and i took a step back turned so he could see and hit her with a lemon she was like are you kidding me (laughs) she's like that's it fighting pit i'm like i can't this year i'm so sorry Next year, they'll all be ready. She's like, okay, next year. So we have a duel on the books.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. But, you know, that's the kind of things you can do. And, you know, there's, you know, in in this particular game, there's a civil war going on, two factions against two factions, two main factions against two main factions. There's a couple of small factions now, uh, three of them, actually. Um, Although maybe the Alchemist will become a faction. We'll see. And, uh, but there's still a lot of uh, little things. There's a ton of little quests that people can run around and do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had no idea that there were, I didn't find out until like late Saturday night that there were other stuff that I could be doing. And I was like, Oh man. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a good role-playing game, a good LARP like this is going to have a lot of different things for people to do. Yeah. And all different levels of
1: however much you want to be. Yeah participating yeah i think and that i think that's the big thing that keeps people from larping is this oh it's this huge commitment um and it's it's not something you can just be casually you know interested in or part of but that's not true and i yeah i think what people usually see on like social media and youtube and tiktok are the people who are really really into it you don't realize that you can you know you can just kind of passively yeah. participate and check it out and see how it is. And um, there's different groups and different facilities and different ways to go about doing that. Yeah, um,
0: And a lot of people yeah. are going to help. They're going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. what do you need? Oh, hey, listen, I have an old tunic, you know. Um, I'll sell it to you for, you know, 30 bucks rather than, you know, the 150 that I bought it for or 200 mm-hmm. that I bought it for or whatever. So that happens all the time, stuff like that. So yeah. um, a good a good organization is going to help you quite a bit. And mm-hmm. it, what's really neat is in the steampunk community, like they'll take Nerf weapons, old like Nerf weapons, and then they'll paint them up. And those will be the steampunk guns. Like this is a laser gun or whatever, or a lightning mm-hmm. gun or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, cool so Super easy to do yeah yeah in and fact really i had expensive i had a friend reach out to me like friday night last week and say hey can you uh can you help me with this and so i walked her through it and she sent pictures out and i was like that came out so cool mm-hmm. i was so excited for her
1: mm-hmm.
0: i was kind of proud yeah <laughs>
1: that's great <laughs> yeah and like uh, for me um You know, maybe when my kids are older and I'm not as busy, like LARPing would be a really cool thing for Max and I to do together. That's something we definitely could see ourselves doing. Yeah. For now, being so close to Evermore Park, um, it's great to be able to go to um, like their Easter egg hunt event is like hunting for dinosaur eggs and you get a dinosaur scale at the end. And We did that with the kids and the kids really enjoyed it. Um, The kids obviously enjoyed the Winter Fest. There's a... um, they you know have things specifically that are good great for children and also adults at the same time the adults can be doing the quest at the same time that the kids are seeing you know the center claws and doing the ice skating and and all that stuff um but then max and i are also like you know one of these days we need to get a babysitter and we need to go one to one of the more um more nerdy events that they have there but they have a whole range of like you know, uh, very much accessible to anyone, even if you're not a fantasy nerd. And there's lots of fun things to do. Um, and then they also have like extreme nerd, yeah, and you can enjoy it too. Yeah. So before we run out of time, I want to ask you, why do you LARP? or why do you role play?
0: Okay. Um. I don't really remember a time when I didn't. So I started – like one of my cousins came down and visited us in uh, eastern North Carolina at the military base where my dad was stationed at. And um, he he put me through like this little dungeon crawl kind of thing. And um, it was just like a single – well, two pieces of graph, pa- graph paper, like my copy, his copy kind of thing. It was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And um, it was some simple dice rolls. And I was like, this is Great. And then the following year in Cub Scouts, um, you know, met a couple of the other kids and one of them was really into D&D. Um, and his his mom and his stepdad had, you know, his parents did like D&D and, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and so that's where I kind of got into it, um, mostly because. It's shared storytelling. Like I said, like I get to be part of crafting a larger story that isn't all on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to see this thing evolve and grow over time.
1: Yeah, I think as children we we're not as self-conscious, yeah. right? Children aren't as insecure. And so we use our imagination so much more freely. Mm-hmm. And to, we step into our imagination so much more freely as children and then somewhere you know around grade school age kids start to become more insecure they start to become more aware of the fact that people are watching them and that i think is part of the reason that we stop stepping into roles that we stop you know playing pretend playing house playing um cowboys playing uh space you know adventures and all of those things that we do as kids um because we become self-conscious and our ideas we realize our ideas are being judged and um I think that people feel like we grow out of that mm-hmm. and I don't think we do I think no. as adults we still need that Yeah. Oftentimes. Yeah. And maybe even if you don't feel like you need it, I think that it's still something generally most adults could enjoy, especially if it was something you enjoyed as a child. And the only thing that we grew out of was fearlessness.
0: Yeah. I see it actually quite a bit. Um, the, the comic and game shop that I hang out at, um, I play board games, usually once a week, uh, with some friends. Um, and we've been, we've been gaming together seven, eight years or something by this point, board games and things. Um, mm-hmm. and that includes almost three years off of the pandemic stuff. Um, but I see these adults come in and like, yeah, I haven't played this stuff since I was a kid. And it's like, okay, well, Hey, let's take a look at this. You know, here's, here's a couple of things that might get you started if you wanted to start D and D or, Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple of groups around. There's all, almost always somebody looking for players or, or a DM or or whatever, you know. Um, some people kinda get stuck doing running the games all the time. Um, the Forever DM is what it's kind of referred to as. Um, obviously DM is a is a D and D uh name.
1: Yeah, Dungeon Master. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We've used that a few times in this episode yeah dm means dungeon master
0: yeah and uh um, not
1: direct message
0: <laughs> yeah right and then uh but you know it it happens for you know any other game as well um and you know there's just there's just so many different things you can do with it um it's it's pretty amazing
1: mm-hmm. um a topic that we'll we'll dedicate an entire episode to is how um role playing games can be used in therapy. Yeah. And you don't have to be doing it in a therapy setting to get those benefits. There're so many social benefits and and emotional mental health benefits that yeah. come from from the role playing games. Yeah. My my brother is a I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but my brother is a um addiction counselor and and he's been um, looking into getting certified. Um, I think it's a certification. and some kind of a training for using role playing games mm-hmm. um, in therapy. And he's been doing kind of a practice session because he's never DM'd before mm-hmm. um, with M- Max and um, my my other two brothers. And um, he's been DMing the kind of just like what I would be doing, what he would be doing in the DM role as the therapist. And um, yeah, I think it's an exciting topic. And that's something that we'll we'll definitely talk about. And, you know, as I'm sure you can see so much to talk about in this area, there'll be lots more episodes to come that go in deeper for those who are already, you know, well-versed in this area. There will be more episodes down the road that- will be more interesting to you for, I think
0: for someone who's listened to this and thought, maybe I, I want to give, you know, some kind of an RPG a shot. Um, First, if, um. well, first I would say, take a look around for like a free set of rules or something. Cause mm-hmm. there's a ton that are really easy to run, really easy to play and can give you an idea of whether or not you actually want to do it. And then from there, or, and, or, you can always go to a uh, a comic and game shop or game shop and, you know, start talking to people there like, hey, I want to get into this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where do I get started? Is there a group that is accepting new players? You know, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and just keep in mind, you're playing a member of a team, not a total douchebag. Mm-hmm. Even yes. if your character is a douchebag, <laughs> not a complete yeah. one. <laughs>
1: Still, still a contributing member of yeah. the party. Yeah. Yep. And that's so much more fun to play anyway.
0: It really is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, having a little friction is one thing, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. Other than yeah. that, it, it can, it, it's a lot of fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that is our time for today.
0: We've been your hosts, Ludlow Adams.
1: And J.S. Garrity.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Join us next week for a new topic about the world of fiction. This has been We're Lying,
1: But That's Okay. Big thanks to our listeners for your support. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review. Thank you to our one-man production and tech support team, Max Garrity, for making this podcast possible.